Hey friends, this is Hannah Wedger, an agriculture teacher in St. Paul, Minnesota, land of 10,000 lakes, and I'm here to talk all things agriculture education related. Curriculum, classroom management, FFA, career development events, essays, and whatever else you want to hear about. It's basically me sharing chapters from my book of agriculture with all of you. Today I have on Cassidy Shelton. And she is an agriculture teacher who loves middle school, which is amazing. And she is going to talk about all things middle school SAEs. So let's dig in. Hey friends, I am here with Cassidy Shelton. Um, She is a graduate of Virginia Tech with a degree in wildlife conservation, and she is pursuing a master's in agriculture education at North Carolina A&T. And so do you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself, Cassidy? Yeah, sure. So thanks for having me on today, Hannah. I'm so excited. Uh, So yeah, I graduated from Virginia Tech. I grew up on a small cattle farm and really had a passion for agriculture and conservation and it wasn't until last summer that I realized I thought I really wanted to be in the classroom. I worked uh, for a summer program working with inner city youth and teaching them about agriculture. Their schools did not have any type of ag program so it was completely new to them and I loved every second of it and that's how I decided that I wanted to pursue being in the classroom full-time. That's awesome. And so when we were chatting, you were talking a little bit about um, that you have a passion for um, teaching middle schoolers and specifically middle school SAEs, so supervised agricultural experiences. And I applaud you because (laughs) middle school is tough, but at least for me, I struggle a little bit with that age. So I was really excited when you um, said that that's something you're passionate about and want to talk more about and give us some tips and tricks because I could use all the help (laughs) I could get in that area. So um, do you maybe want to talk a little bit about why or like why you have become so passionate about um, SAEs and specifically for middle schoolers? Yeah, absolutely. So in college, one of my favorite experiences was experiential learning, uh, where you intern outside of the classroom and you get uh, credit hours for that. And so really, I see the SAE project as that opportunity for our students to understand how important it is to learn outside of our classroom walls. And to really take into account that learning is lifelong. And I really think that that's what the SAE really should be all about. Yeah, absolutely. Did you, um, were you ever in FFA or had an SAE growing up? So I was not in FFA, but I was in 4-H. Okay. And uh, if I would have been in FFA, I would have definitely had a cool SAE project, bottle feeding calves that I did for my dad. I did that quite a few times and bottle fed uh, a goat and also raised a horse when I was about 12. The idea was that I would train him to be my lifelong best friend, but 
that didn't really happen because <laughs> I'm not a professional horse trainer. <laughs> yeah. Horses can be tough. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> um, so thinking about middle school, what grades do you teach? So I teach sixth through eighth grade. Those little bundles of joy. <laughs> <laughs> The hormones are raging, and (laughs) I mean, every day there's something new, but I tell you what, I love them. They're great. They are. Yeah, definitely. I have only student taught middle schoolers. We have ninth through 12th grade where I teach. Um, But what I really liked about the middle schoolers was they were, they always seemed so excited for what I was going to teach. Like they just seemed like they had a little bit more enthusiasm for like the content that I was bringing into the classroom. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So how do you implement middle school SAEs? How do you go about doing that? So for me, it was really trial and error for my first semester. Uh, It was new to me and new to them. I wasn't exactly sure how to implement this in a way that, Uh, was going to be beneficial to them and wasn't going to be overwhelming because I feel like at the high school level uh, there were a lot of basically a lot of different ways that you could go about an SAE project and it was very open-ended and that's great for high school and I love that part of the SAE but a lot of times that can be overwhelming for middle schoolers. So first off, we implement the idea of middle school SAEs really slowly because even the word SAE, you get this look. They're like deer in the headlights. Like, what is she talking about? <laughs> so we spend a lot of time just starting with the basics and really delving into, first off, what FFA is, why we have the SAE the three circle model, understanding that. And then honestly, we go to YouTube and I'll take a whole class period to just say, okay, what are you interested in? Let's see if there's already an SAE project about it. And that really, you can see the light bulb go off a lot of times while they're thinking about what they already have available to them that would make a good SAE project. Um. So you're saying that there's a whole bunch of SAEs on YouTube that I don't know about? <laughs> so there are some. Unfortunately, I could only find like two that were middle school SAE. So I did have to look more on the high school level. But it there were some really great videos that uh, interviewed some students showing uh, what they did for their SAE project, uh, the kind of work that was involved with it. Uh, some really great resources to at least get them started on thinking about what they could do. That is such a good tip. I can't believe I've (laughs) never thought of that before. Oh my gosh. I'm like, yeah, light bulb just went off. (laughs) (laughs) So um, when you're thinking about introducing the SAE, you said slowly, but what are some other kind of tips that you have for introducing that to your students? Sure. So this semester I created my own little document that basically is a worksheet for them about how to dig into an SAE. Uh, One of the basic questions it asks is, what does the SAE stand for? Uh, (laughs) And so they have to type that out, uh, explain it to me. Um, It's just a great way by doing the worksheet, I allow them to basically do kind of a web quest on their own 
where they're looking at different websites on the supervised ag experience. So they might be looking at the National FFA website or SAE for All, anything like that to help them kind of guide this understanding where they grow that basic building block for understanding the SAE. And what kind of classes are you teaching that you're implementing this in? Sure. So I have started implementing SAE for all. So I require that all my classes have an SAE project. So in sixth grade, we're learning about exploring food and ag products. Seventh grade, we're learning about plant and animal science. And eighth grade, we are exploring the environment and natural resources. So do you require that students have an SAE that's specific to the class content or do you allow it to be very open-ended? So I do allow it to be really open-ended and I do this especially because I'm on the middle school level because you kind of have to meet the student where they're at, where we're not working with high school, where they can get a job or uh, provide their own transportation. It's a little harder at middle school, so I have to have it open-ended so that we can make it work. Yeah. So I was talking to my husband a little bit about SAEs and we both, um, we were in an agriculture program and we both had SAEs. Um, and I was talking about how you were going to be on and stuff. And he said, well, SAEs, everybody, it's so easy to figure out what you want to do and you just get to pick whatever you want. And I said, you know, one of the problems that I've had with my younger students, my ninth graders, is like it's almost too much freedom for them to just choose whatever. And so I, my question for you is, do you like have certain areas that you guide them in or do you give them some examples or how do you kind of, I don't know, encourage them to dig deeper than I'm going to grow, I, I don't know two plants and do an experiment on them or something like that right so yeah I've struggled with that too because uh with their mindset is well I don't live on a farm I can't do an SAE project I don't (laughs) have animals and so really it's about how well do you know each student so a lot of times we may spend the class time and I'll ask a student okay well what do you have available to you and they may say, well, we always grow a garden. Well, there you go. There's a perfect SAE. A lot of times they have the tools that they need to be able to do a great SAE project, but they just don't see it yet. You're right. It's just a very broad topic. We tell them do an SAE project and they just don't know where to go from there. So taking it slow, telling them what the true goal of my SAE projects and what they do is that they're just learning outside of my classroom and they're learning responsibility. So it, I've had kids that end up baking a cake. And while I'd rather them be more into the uh, specific ag project, sometimes that's what we have to work with. And if they've put a lot of effort into it, a lot of times that's all that I can ask of them. And they do a great job at it. Sure. Do you have um like worksheets or something that kind of guides them through the process or helps them kind of think out their ideas further yeah so um really I've found so many great resources 
just on Instagram, which I feel like is so funny to say that social media has been a great way for me to find resources. But I mean, that's how we got connected. And I got connected with Sarah from Ag Teacher How To's mm-hmm. and fr- all from Instagram. And on her website, she has two really great resources that I use in my middle school classrooms for SAE projects. The first is SAE partner check-ins and then teacher check-ins. And with the SAE partner check-ins, the kids pick a classmate and they just meet with them really quick and they kind of keep each other accountable of, okay, what have you done for your SAE project so far? How many hours do you have logged? Uh, Do you have pictures yet? Those types of things. And it's a great way for them to basically bounce ideas off of each other. Absolutely. And then how does the teacher check-in work? Sure. So during class time, uh, I try to get students on a project or an activity, an assignment that's going to be self-based. So they may all be playing Quizlet based on a few of our past lessons that day. And then I'll pull students aside and we do our teacher check-in real quick, usually one-on-one. And I'm just asking them, how's your SAE project going? What do you have so far? How can I better assist you? What questions do you have? Those types of things. So that those two worksheets have been really great to keep it more organized on the teacher side for me. Because I feel like it is something that, as a teacher, it's just a beast of a project to keep <laughs> going for three classes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it is a beast of a project. You're absolutely right in saying that. <laughs> and so it's nice to have something that keeps you a little bit sane. <laughs> yes. Um, so thinking still kind of along the lines of worksheets and stuff, do you have like a log book for students or how do you help them or do you require them at that age to like record stuff? Um, you know, what they're doing, maybe their hours, whatever else. Sure. So a lot of people use the AET to mm-hmm. document their SAE, document their hours, the work that they've done in FFA. And while I think that's great, a lot of times that's really hard to do with middle school because, again, it's so much uh, stuff that's new to them and requires uh, a lot of knowledge uh, about the website. So what I found was the Georgia Middle School SAE logbook. And now I require every single student to keep this logbook for their own SAE project. Uh, It's great because it streamlines a lot of what they do on their SAE project. It has a page where they log their hours. It has a page where they make a list of the materials that they've used. Uh, So it just really helps to simplify uh, keeping track of their SAE projects. Yeah, I like that. And I like um, that it can be digital and less paper for us teachers, but still being able to easily check in and see what their records are. Yeah. Um, so thinking about the middle school SAE, if someone has not implemented it yet or someone is kind of struggling with implementing it, what are like some of those like five solid tips and tricks that you have for, um, for those people? Sure. So we kind of hit on some of those. Uh, The first one, obviously, is to take it slow because they'll get uh, just really overwhelmed with the project if you give them everything at once. So 
do bits and pieces, take it slow, make it fun. So in middle school, if you can make it a game, do it. Because if there's a friendly competition with it, they're going to love it. <laughs> um, when you say do bits and pieces, how do you, um, do you kind of like give the kids a schedule throughout the uh, quarter, semester, whatever you're on? Yes. So like for their SAE logbook, uh, I have a set time when they have to have their cover of the logbook done with all their information on it. Um, but other than that, I do try to, I try to make sure that there's that good balance of responsibility and getting this done on their own, but also making sure that they're not overwhelmed. So I'm still learning how to do it myself, figuring out what works best for them. And so it's just a trial and error. (laughs) Oh, I know. And sometimes what works for one group of students the next year, it's like, oh, that is not working for you guys. So it is just kind of something where you just have to be reflective on a frequent basis. Yeah, I saw where I think it was Facebook where it said that teachers make more split-second decisions than a surgeon. That's why we're so tired. I totally believe that. (laughs) I know. Seriously. Um, Okay, so you have make it fun, take it slow, do bits and pieces. What else do you have for us? So, know when to stop. (laughs) So, when you see the deer in the headlights look, when you dove into basically – the introduction of an SAE project, what they're required to do, knowing it's time to be like, okay, uh, let's just take a moment. Everybody uh, share your Chromebooks because we're a one-to-one. So, uh, and sometimes I'll just have them look on YouTube for SAE projects and watch at least one video. So that's a good way for me to say, okay, we need to just have a breather. They need, this is enough info for one day. Sure. And then also find time to discuss the SAE individually with students. So again, that teacher check-in that Sarah created, that worksheet's really great for that. And then because it is middle school uh, and there are a lot of responsibilities that come with doing an SAE project, I type up a letter that just gives a quick introduction of Here's what an SAE project is. Here's some helpful links that you can use to assist your child. Here's when it's due, that type of thing. And so I'm hoping that having that responsibility and that reminder for the kids at home and from me helps them move along on their project a little more. I'm glad you said that because I think that's probably something that can help um, increase the number of students who are successful with their SAEs and have a good experience with them. Yes, absolutely. Um, so thinking about your um, middle school SAEs, what are some of them that you feel like you've had, the, the students have done really well at that age level? Sure. So the ones that I always remember are the kids that have put so much effort into it, and they've also given the rest of us, their classmates and their teacher, a view of what they do outside of school. And I love being able to see that through their SAE projects. So some of the SAE projects I definitely remember was um, Boar Goat Production that a seventh grader did. Uh, So he talked all about 
the money that goes into it, the money he makes from selling his goats, that type of thing. And so you could really tell that uh, he was making this into his own business. And so that was really great to see. Another one was uh, taking care of a horse. So there was a girl in my class who basically showed the rest of her classmates what it was like to take care of her horse and uh, the hours and hours that she spends outside of school uh, showing and doing those types of things. And so that was great because kids not from that type of background were able to gain some understanding of it when she presented to us. And then I would probably say the other one was a sixth grader who took it upon himself to basically get an internship at a local coffee shop. Oh, wow. Yeah. He volunteered at a coffee shop. Uh, He was so excited about it. He helped clean tables. He helped to improve uh, the coffee shop's look. He, He did a great job with it. I was so proud of him. That one's fun. I love that. Yeah, it was outside of the box, but what it really showed was how much of a go-getter he was, how responsible. So it was a great project. Yeah, just those skills that he was learning at that age is really cool. Yeah. So um, just hearing you talk about these a little bit, do you have your students present their SAEs um, like at the end of the semester or class to, um, to the rest of their peers? Yeah, so along with the logbook, I have a checklist of things that my kids have to submit at the end as their whole SAE project. And some of those include a one-page paper or a two-page paper, depending on which grade you are, that really just is your reflection on what you learned from the project. It's just having the kids dig deeper into why they think they had to do an SAE project what they think it really showed them maybe if it wasn't directly agriculture but maybe they learned about responsibility that type of thing and then they also do have to present a quick google slideshow to their classmates so they're learning from each other okay yeah I like that um do uh, have you ever showed like old essays to your students before oh yeah I do that a lot so uh I had a back room in my classroom that was poster boards of tons of different SAE projects. And so a lot of times when I would first introduce the SAE project, I would say, okay, everybody take five minutes, go to the back of the classroom, look around at previous uh, students' work. And so that helped a lot of kids get some great ideas. I like that because, yeah, sometimes that's helpful when they see, like, oh, I know that student there in seventh grade or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. they're the grade above. If they could do it, I can do it sort of thing. And so that's kind of fun to be able to show them. Right. And I also I'll give names of like a kid who did a really great project this past semester. And I'll say, you know, if you're in a class with him, ask him about his SAE project because it was a really great project. And so that's pretty cool because those Uh, past kids that I've had get to kind of become uh, leaders and help other classes oh that's good (laughs) that's like that's a good teacher move right there (laughs) um what are some specific roadblocks to watch out for so one that I 
usually is most common would be when kids are like, well, I don't have any resources. We don't grow a garden. We don't have animals. Uh, so they don't really see more of the business side of it. So it's just helping them to really open up their minds to different possibilities for an SAE project. And then, uh, like I said before, they're middle school. So having a job or an internship or shadowing someone is harder because they don't have that transportation. Uh, So you do have to get kind of creative, especially in middle school, but uh, it does make it fun. So. Yeah, that can be difficult. I even have some ninth and 10th graders where the transportation piece is a little bit more difficult. And so, you know, I think you sending the letter home to parents can be helpful to help them kind of facilitate some some of that part of the um, roadblock that you might have with that. Do you ever have like... Um, lack of parent buy-in with your students or have you had that before and how do you approach that oh yeah I've definitely had the uh parents who were like why are my kids having to do an SAE project for an elective class why are we having to spend time out of class to do this I actually had a student who came up to me and she said uh my mom just doesn't understand why I'm having to do this at all and is not supportive and so at first, you know, I, I wanted to be really upset, not with that student, but with the parent, because that, that view that, you know, the elective wasn't important and that it was inconveniencing the mother, that, that just really aggravated me. So I had to take a step back and really remind that student I said well why do you think you're doing an SAE project what do you think you're learning from it and I had to actually write a note to the mom saying here's why I'm having your child do an SAE project and here's why I believe it's important and that was a real struggle for me and as a teacher I was able to grow from that experience for sure I always find that's really it is hard and just sometimes makes you question yourself when parents are like, well, why would you, why do they have to do that? Like when they question like the content that you're teaching in the class and when they question SAEs, it is so frustrating. Cause it's like, I don't know. You just, I just really hope for the support. And so then when I am questioned, it makes me feel defensive. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because I want parents to know that I'm wanting the best for their child. It's not that I love agriculture so much that I want them to learn all about ag and that's what's most important to me. No, it's your kids. Like I'm, I feel like I'm investing in the future, even if they don't go into agriculture, you know, I feel like there's value in what they're learning. Oh my gosh. Yes. And like, I feel like some of my most memorable from like high school, my most memorable experiences were related to that out of the classroom learning and some of them were essays and some of them weren't. But, um, and I think even like thinking about my husband who wasn't like a very good traditional student, but <laughs> absolutely soared with essays. And like, that was his, his thing. And he went in like 110%. And so like, as a parent, why wouldn't you want your students to be learning these important skills? And it doesn't, it's not even 
take agriculture out of the picture, but students learn so many skills of record keeping, um, time management, whatever it might be that will transfer very well into multiple aspects of their life. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, my husband and I talk about his SAE project too. He uh, showed a steer and he remembers still to this day, like how fun his SAE project was. And we actually just a week ago went to the livestock show that he showed at years ago. And so, you know, just those experiences are the ones that you don't forget. You remember forever. So, yeah. I went off on a little tangent there. I was just feeling your frustration that when there isn't parent buy-in, it's like, come on, how do you not see how important this is? Well, I'm glad I'm not alone. (laughs) Um, What support and resources are available for teachers? Yeah, so uh, some things that I've found that work really well is the SAE for All website. They have some great resources. I made up a little web quest for my kids to do based on that, which was great. Uh, Marshall Baker from NC State, he's an SAE guru. If you have a question about an SAE or need support, he'd be a great one to go to. Uh, I was able to listen to one of his discussions when I was at Delta, which is a training for NC uh, ag teachers. Okay. all the info he had was awesome. So he's definitely a great resource. And just to email away, teachers pay teachers just because it may not be directly about SAE projects, but it might be a worksheet that you could find on there, a template, something. Just always type it in there because I think that sometimes you can find some good stuff. And then last but not least, of course, ag teacher how-tos. I feel like I could say this all the time, but Sarah does such a great job of providing resources that are so helpful to any ag teacher. Yeah, she is. (laughs) She's been a guest before, and I believe both of us are going to be speakers at her conference this summer, right? Yeah, we are at Germinate. Yeah. Germinate 2019. Um, you can hit up either one of our Instagrams to get the link to be able to sign up for that because that's gonna, I'm pretty sure she's gonna have some stuff um, about SAEs there and some, some professional development related to SAEs, which I think will be really helpful. Yeah. Uh, so thinking about middle school and SAEs, is there anything else um, I should have asked you, but I didn't? Hmm. I don't think so. All right. Well, then we're going to get to my favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> Some of the fun questions. Um, and so I usually ask these questions to all, all of my guests, these three questions. So who has had the most influence on your teaching career? Well, I'm going to say it again. It has <laughs> to be Sarah because she, I can have something on my story about I need help with SAEs or I need advice on something. She's one of the first people to always respond. And whenever she does have something, it's usually changes my whole perspective. I'm like, Oh, this is so great. It's such a help. And her advice is always so applicable to the classroom. And I think that is something that as ag teachers we need like yes the research is great and the academic papers are great 
but something as simple as a worksheet can be a lifesaver for us act teachers. And it's really nice to have someone who's like in the trenches with us and absolutely like has stuff where you here's a worksheet, but you can edit it and make it fit eight different classes that you Mm -hmm. have. And Sarah's really good at that. (laughs) That's something I'm so blessed to be a part of is this ag teacher network that I mean all of us are we're really we're here for the kids and not for our own gain and it's so rewarding to have that community around us yeah this whole Instagram and the ag teacher world has been like life-changing for me like I feel like my teaching has drastically changed in the past year yeah all right, question number two. What's your go-to order at your favorite hometown restaurant? Oh, my gosh. It's easy. So there's this little hole-in-the-wall Italian restaurant in my little hometown uh, called Village Pizza. They have this pesto pasta with fresh feta cheese, chicken, mushrooms, and onions. And it is, like, the best thing ever. And then their french fries are literally better than McDonald's. They're so good. Oh, and I'm just thinking about them right now. I think I know what I'm going to do after I get off here. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds so good. I'm such a French fry person. And the pesto, oh, that sounds delicious. They're geniuses there. I mean, I don't know how they don't have a restaurant in Times Square. It's the best. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe now that you gave them a shout out on my podcast, it'll it'll get a French I just. I just showed everybody how much of a foodie I really am. Oh, my gosh. Um, And my last question for you, what are three of your simple joys? Oh, that would have to be ice cream dates with my husband. Uh, We go to a little place called Bubba's that has hot fudge cake and ice cream. It's delicious. Oh, yum. I've got onto this kick of homemade iced coffee because – you know, who can afford Starbucks on a teacher's salary? Oh, <laughs> so, God, I know. <laughs> so, iced coffee, homemade. My little family, if you follow my Instagram, you know all about them. It's my husband, my cat, and our dogs. Um, that's what I look forward to, snuggling with all of them every night. Usually watching the Big Bang Theory. That's my show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and how can the audience find you so on instagram i have two accounts my personal one which is cassidy with a c joe shelton i am very southern my name is cassidy joe (laughs) (laughs) and then you can find my teaching instagram is at the agriculture teacher which I think is awesome, and I'm really impressed that you got the agriculture teacher. <laughs> I know. It's amazing. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> That's so fun. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, and I am just so excited for everyone to be able to take these little tips and tricks and bring them into their classroom, and hopefully we'll get some great SAEs going. Yeah, thank you, Hannah. I, I love your podcast. And I, being a teacher, I think it's automatic that we're lifelong learners. So I love getting to hear from other ag teachers and the awesome things they're doing. Oh, thanks so much.
You just finished listening to episode 8 of Ag with Miss Wedger, where I'm sharing chapters from my book of agriculture with each of you. I hope you enjoyed listening and learned a little bit more about middle school SAEs and how to implement them, tips and tricks, all that good stuff. For show notes, please visit my Instagram at Mrs. Wedger for info from our chat today. If you have any questions or ideas on topics you want me to dig in and cover, or if you want to be a guest, I would love to have you. Just email me at eggwithmisswedger at gmail.com. I hope you have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye, everybody.